yeah, Craig's super weird. Hey, Craig. Um, hello. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of You Can't Be Serious. Uh, I, I'm half the podcast, Joshua Tracy. Uh, and I'm the other half, Matt Torrey. And uh, we, have, we have some special guests here today, don't we, Josh? We do. We do. We have our good friend, Skylar Brazovic. How's it going, everybody? And uh, later on in the podcast, we'll be joined by uh, my girlfriend and, and the, the, the fourth host, the fourth co, ah, the, the second special guest. Fourth villain, Cal <laughs> <laughs> Grant will be on later uh, as we talk about some music shit today. Again, it's two weeks in a row, music stuff. Yeah, we're going. We're go, we are going strong with the music here. Um, well, it's easy because that that's one of the things that you and I are especially well versed in, both as listeners and as practitioners. Which is also uh, one of the main reasons we have our good friend. <laughs> Skylar Brasvik on the show today because the three of us have been playing guitar for a combined probably 30 years which uh, sounds crazy because yeah, we're all around. pretty young dudes but combined it's got to be around there 30 40 years yeah how long have you been playing I started when I was 10 years old so that gives so us 14 years so that's 14 and then Matt how long for you uh, I think I was about the same I was like nine or ten I was in fourth grade all right, so we'll call that we'll call that fifteen to just just to, to be liberal. That's that's it's twenty nine years right there, and then I've been playing for twelve. So fuck, actually, yeah, never mind. Forty one, just about forty one years. Yeah, we're getting old. Wow, that's crazy to think about. Um, and then we've got a, a novice in, in Cal who'll be joining us later to give a rookie perspective, an under one year perspective on on playing music. But uh, let's get into what we wanted to talk about today. So, Matt. so, so, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so, Skylar, you you just uh, you just made a, a purchase, didn't you, recently? Uh, yes, I did, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I wound up getting a 1996 Fender Stratocaster made in Japan, 62 reissue. How'd you how'd you find out about that? How did you uh, how'd you stum- <laughs> how did you stumble across that? That sounds like yeah, quite know, a find. You know, I know a guy. Um, what a discovery! No, I'm in. Mean, Stop being a dumbass, Matt. You, <laughs> you, sent, you sent me the link. <laughs> Matt sent Skylar a link and said, "Buy this." And Skylar said, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, essentially, it, it was it was pretty pretty quick. Uh, it, no, honestly though, this is that's been a guitar that I've been been looking at for a while. Um, not particularly the the sixty two reissue model or that particular year, but um, recently I've been informed from a friend that I was coworker and friend uh who also shares like a music background like we do um and he was telling me how he's just in love with these made in japan fenders and that from 86 to to 99 this really was a really great production run for for japanese fenders so when matt sent me the link uh it's something i really couldn't pass up something i really wanted to to check out for for some time now and yeah the, the, i thankful that you uh you sent that to me and so now how many oh sorry matt go ahead we're gonna do this all day <laughs> go ahead yeah. matt. oh uh how many guitars does that make for you now you like that's obviously not your first guitar that's obviously not your only guitar right <laughs> do, do, do you actually want me to count sure. actually yes i'm also curious because it's a lot we include bases bases count these are not all like great guitars like that doesn't, like, that doesn't, that doesn't matter <laughs> Like, this like is quantity per- over quality here. So my Austin Strat <laughs> counts as a guitar. Here? I think it. I think it legally does. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Skylar is currently counting on his fingers. <laughs> this is not a visual medium. Uh, well, we're getting pretty high here. We're at uh, 11 to 12. <laughs> I think I might have miscounted. <laughs> but definitely 11. Definitely That's 11. a lot of guitars. That's a lot of guitars. Matt, how many do you have altogether? Yeah, you're getting up there. Uh, seven. <laughs> seven? Yeah. I, yeah. I think I just have you beat. Or, or actually, so there's five on my wall, one on the floor, at six, and then I have one in a case under my bed. That's, that's seven. There is also a base in this apartment, but it is not mine, so I do not claim it. So then Matt and I are tied with seven. So, Matt, one of us needs to buy a guitar. <laughs> To win this race, honestly, though, no, no, that's uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking well, to downsize. So that, well, so that 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 kind of beautifully leads into my my the question that I've been hinting at is is how many guitars do you need? Like, like, because I totally understand wanting a new guitar, and like, I also just bought a new guitar. Um, well, so, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna intercept this real quick because this actually brings up. One of the questions Skylar asked when we first brought up the topic, does his Austin Strat count? And that's honestly one of the reasons we end up with a lot of guitars, because like your first guitar isn't going to be an American-made Strat, as two out of three of us now own, as of like six months ago. But like no one's going to jump in investing in a brand new hobby. The same way like someone who's getting into photography isn't going to buy... Uh, a, a GH5, a Panasonic GH5, um, because like that's that's like a fifteen hundred dollar camera. Like you're going to start off with the budget version. You're going to start off with that Canon Rebel or a point and shoot, or you're going to start off with an Austin Strat, or in my case, like an Epiphone Riviera, which is like a ES335 but with single coils and you know a, a, a cheap guy. Because like that's how hobbies work. But you don't get you don't. I mean, you, how long have you had that Austin Strat for? Since I was 10. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, 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 it's weird to get rid of, you know? Yeah. But I knew, I knew, I'll, I'll give it back to... Um, I'll let you now answer Matt's question from a while ago about how many do you need. Well, you, it, you, don't, need, you don't need 11. Um, <laughs> that's for <laughs> sure. I mean, it, it depends. Like... W- w- Really, like what you're talking about, Josh, like comes down to what are the what's the quality of your guitars that you're playing, and how often are you able to actually pick them up and play them? I think realistically, I could be, including basses, very satisfied with three to four guitars. Um, I think that's a very realistic number to be able to downsize to, uh, as long as it, those guitars can do everything you would like them to do. Ah, uh, I so. Uh... I I would own a hundred if you let me. I <laughs> I'd own a hundred if like if I had the means. Because functionally speaking, you're right. You probably honestly need if if we're getting into need. If you're a good enough musician, you only need one. If we're including basses, you only need two. Right. But, but let me ask you this. All right, go ahead. <laughs> How many of your guitars do you play regularly? Three. Uh, speaking strictly of electrics, altogether four. My 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 Martin. Oh, so then I do have eight. I didn't count my Martin because I don't leave it on the wall. 
No. No, it's seven. That's the one I was thinking of. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, like, granted, two one of the guitars hanging on my wall is like a total project guitar that I still haven't fully figured out making it work as I'm trying to get better at the electronics. Um, but then there's there's two acoustics I have that one is like an Epiphone acoustic electric I used when I played a lot of open mic nights. And then the other one is a hand-me-down nylon a classical guitar that I got, which was actually my first guitar. Um, it's like an Epiphone from like the early 80s when my great uncle decided I want to play guitar and then he didn't learn. <laughs> and then hung on to the guitar for like 20 years before giving it over to me. Uh, but I'd say I consistently play like three or four of them. But it's, it's like the guitars you have, you, you own a bunch of guitars for a bunch of different reasons. And this is not what I had intended. <laughs> I was talking about exactly. But like, I, I think this is still an interesting point. Like Matt and I were talking the other day about our first guitars, because it's, we're both at points where it makes some logical, intuitive sense to move on from it. Mine. I think I will hang on to for a little bit longer because it's the only semi-hollow electric I have. So, and it's the only P90 pickup well, guitar that I have. To be fair, Josh, you probably had the coolest first guitar out of all of us. That is true. It's a very, it's a very aesthetically pleasing guitar. Um, it, but like, it's out of the three electrics I play regularly, it's it's third on the list of how much play it actually gets. And I know Matt, you you know you got your 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 Les Paul that you can talk about, um, but like at some point you sh it would it makes sense you shouldn't own Skyler <laughs> this Austin Strat it's now it's not only the worst Strat you have it's probably the worst guitar you have you're... but at the same time it's like it's it's your it's probably your first electric I'm guessing. Yeah, I have no sentimental value to this guitar right now. It's All right, so that, that bad. Hold on. So that brings up my other point, is that guitars are really fucking annoying to get rid of. So cheap guitars are really annoying to get rid of because... Yes. Okay, so my, my quandary that I have here is what do I do with it? Um, and this I'm open to suggestions here, guys, because I, <laughs> I legitimately don't know what to do with it. It was a cheap guitar, like a $100 guitar. Um, I'm not going to sell it because... What are you going to get for it? So you really you're just left to finding somebody who's willing to just start learning, and and give it to them, or just give it away. Um, Donate to a music program. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> See, here's here. So I, I have a, a totally different suggestion. I'm going a totally different direction here, Skylar. What I would do because you're not you're not going to play it, right? It doesn't like. There's no way. There's you, there's no upgrade in the world that you could do to that thing to to get it on par with even your third best guitar right now correct correct um i would turn it into an art piece like find like give it a cool paint job or something or like and and make it something cool to look at cuz you're not playing it so you're telling me that I shouldn't also hang this on the wall in my parents' basement, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did you count that guitar? I did not count that guitar. No, right, so Skylar no, no. has 12 guitars. <laughs> no. Um, but he's, he's right. Like, uh, if, if you were to keep it, that he's, he's right. That, that's what you would have oh, to yeah, do. Yeah, you're right. 
and it's not fun it's not functional in a way that is going to lead you actually wanting to play it right and that's actually not a bad idea it's something i i should think about doing uh yeah fuck charity (laughs) you need a set of paint and some free time well, my my point was because it se- it seems like you're you don't really want to get rid of it, but but you have no real reason to keep it. Is kind of it sounds like that is the Matt, dilemma you're in. I'm yeah. I'm gonna put this in in a uh, layman's terms. <clears throat> At one point, yeah. I considered Eddie Van Halen handling the shit out of that guitar and striping it up. Um, that's not the direction I want to go for sure. Um, I'm in. I think you should do it. Well, you see. I did that with my Guitar Hero remote. <laughs> At one point, yeah, I did do that. I regretfully say that I did that. And I'm so happy I didn't do that to my first guitar and butcher it like that. But um, if I'm going to try my hand at art, it's got to be something I think is going to be really good because uh, obviously I'm not that <laughs> that great. We are one type of artist. But all right, hold on. I want to take this brief moment to to rein us back in a little bit. As Matt and I said, Matt Scott and I said, we are going to need to rein ourselves in because this is a topic that we have a collective, apparently 41 years of experience in. So we are going to get off topic with it. At what point, let me ask Sky, and then I'm going to ask Matt the same question. At what point did you go, all right, I have gotten all the life out of the Austin Strat that I can possibly get it's time to move on to a better guitar. And what were you looking for out of that next one? Um, yeah. So in, in my experience, my, my Austin Strat was really just a basic Strat copy, um, with just cheap plywood body, um, and a, a really crude neck electronics were pretty bad. Uh, I went the route of upgrading my amp next. And after I hit that stage, I realized that I wasn't really able to cross to the next barrier of, of tone with that guitar and, and, and feel with that guitar. Not to say that I couldn't have taken that guitar further than I did. Uh, I was just getting more and more into playing music and wanted to try something with humbuckers. Um, and that was my my next stage. How how long would you say the Austin Strat got you through your your guitar journey? So, in in my experience, that actually um, it, it went a couple of years because I my dad was also a guitar player when he was younger, so he had a couple of guitars laying around that I actually started noodling on for the first first time. So I wound up finding myself. When I got my Austin Strat of my own, as I got more and more into playing, I started playing my dad's Washburn more and more. And that kind of got me realizing that I uh, I was looking for something like, just, like the next level. Okay. And I felt like I almost I outgrew the Austin by me being curious about playing the Washburn and wanted to get something comparable myself. I got you. So, so, so Matt, same thing. First guitar. What was it? How long did you play it for? And what was like the catalyst for you eventually moving on from it? So I actually have, it's interesting. So I technically no longer have my 
first guitar. The guitar that I learned how to play the guitar on, like took my first first lessons, um, was a rental. I rented it from the, our local music store, Dave Phillips. It was a similar deal. It was a, I think, a Johnson Stratocaster. It was some uh, cheap, like made in Indonesia Stratocaster copy that was just. It was it was six strings and it was it was a guitar. It was it was what I you know learned how to play an E chord on and things like that. Um, after about a year and a half or so of playing that, um, for Christmas I got um, what I consider my first real guitar, um, an Epiphone Les Paul standard, um, which at the time was a lot of guitar for me to kind of grow into. Um, and that that was my only guitar um, up until about two years ago, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, I uh, or it was my only electric guitar up until about two years ago. Um, and really, what was the catalyst for me um, of you know wanting to explore other options and wanting to find other guitars and wanting to uh, you know, get something different was one. I I had played um, my college roommate's Telecaster a lot, um, and I really liked the feel of it. Um, and two was I was starting to play uh, with people. I was starting to 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 go to more jam sessions and and just play more music with people. Um, and I was finding that the sound the sounds coming out of the guitar weren't what I wanted. Um, it wasn't wasn't the sound that my ears wanted. Um, I wanted a, a you know a brighter sound and a and a more articulate sound, and I couldn't get that out of my guitar. I couldn't get that out of the the Epiphone Les Paul. Um, and uh, it's interesting that I the reason I wanted a Les Paul, you know, when I was a kid, um, was that a lot of my guitar heroes played. Les Pauls. Jimmy Page is an idol of mine. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously famous for playing a Les Paul. Um, but in kind of discovering what, you know, I wanted my sound to be and kind of how I, I heard the guitar and how I heard parts sounding, um, it was the wrong vehicle to get me there. And so, like, I needed to find something else. And and, and that's kind of when I, um, you know, I, I wanted to go the opposite of Skyler's journey of going from single coils to humbuckers. I wanted to try single coils. I'd never had a single coil guitar. Um, and that's kind of, you know, what prompted that. I feel like I, I'm definitely the odd man out here because of how long my first electric was my, my only electric because so my my guitar journey with actual the the physical guitars that I owned was so weird because like my first guitar was the classical nylon guitar. I had that for like geez, like a year, a full ass year before I got steel string electric. So, so hold on, I don't mean acoustic. What? I don't want to interrupt you there, but so did you learn how to play the guitar on an acoustic guitar? I did. I learned how to play guitar on a classical acoustic. And not only that, but like I don't know if you. I think you guys have all at some point played the classical guitar on my wall. The neck on that thing's fucking huge. Yeah, like, it's a monster. I, it's a monster. Like, playing it now is inconvenient as hell, and I can't believe I learned on. Like I would never pass that off to somebody. 
who was first trying to learn how to play the guitar because yeah. I would expect them to quit. It's that fucking challenging of an of a, a specific instrument to pick up. Believe but, it or not, like, like that's how like a lot of people are told to start. Um, is on a neck like that. I don't know. Um, Matt and I we we went to the same uh, middle school, but we got this like. We had one year we got this like funding to start playing guitars and they got a bunch of classical guitars. And like, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. So, like, everyone's little hands couldn't, <laughs> couldn't fit on the guitar. Yeah. No, dude, like, like playing on, even with my full size adult man hands, like, it's still like a little tough playing on that fucking guitar. But like, I held on, my, my, my first electric, like I said, was this Epiphone. It's called the Epiphone Riviera. It's like that ES335 body type, um, semi-hollow, double cutaway, but with three P90 pickups. And I, that was my, I got that guitar when I was like 15, 16, and I didn't get a new electric guitar until eight months ago. So like, I had that guitar for, for almost a decade before I eventually moved on to a different guitar. Um, and amp, same thing with the amp. I got like the amp I got with that guitar, which was a Fender Mustang two, I guess at that point, the, uh, you know, the cheap shitty Fender modeling amp. I had that amp <laughs> until also like eight months ago when I bought, uh, an amp head and cab for the first time. So let me ask you this. Since you started off with a, uh, a guitar that was like a legitimately good first guitar and it really served you for, for a really long time. What was the the tipping point, or what was the final point of making the decision that you wanted to to get something new, and and how did you decide on what you did? So so and and this is what I what I, I kind of wanted to to eventually for us to get at is the combination of of need and want with investment, because I can't think of a time before or sorry after I like the first year of me playing when I was learning and like really hungry to like just keep playing. I can't think of a time that I play guitar more than I have in the last year since, since I got this new electric because I wanted to change. Cause I, for one thing I had that fucking Epiphone Riviera still on the wall, still have it. I had it for a decade. I wanted to just have something new. And it also like, like, like Matt was saying with, with, with the, the, the Les Paul copy, like, there was things that it couldn't do for me. Like it wasn't going to get really cool with the distortion. Like it wasn't going to, because of the, the, the type of, of neck that it has with the, you know, the radius or not the radius, but the scaling that it has, I wasn't going to get like, I could never get like really big bends out of it. Like it's a pretty jazzy instrument and I think it is relatively versatile, but it's not, I wasn't going to get the full scope of things, sounds and tones out of it as I wanted. And I was, I want to say losing interest, but like there would be like weeks where I wouldn't play guitar because it wasn't like exciting for me. And now that I have like even the small customizations I can do with instead of having a modeling amp where I like turn the knob, I have pedals like doing that and having that be there is giving me so much more joy than I had last year when I didn't have any of it. Like it, Moving on from that instrument has made me a better guitar player. Even though if you gave that Epiphone Riviera to Jeff Beck or whatever, he's going to fucking shred the shit out of it. And I understand that 
in a lot of ways, the guitar, whatever instrument, is as versatile as you are at playing it. At the same time, for like, from like a growth perspective, like I am very comfortable saying that Jimmy Page didn't play a Les Paul his entire life. He probably had a shit guitar before that, you know. Like at some point, you have to move on for you, you know. Yeah. So, sorry if I if I uh, deviate from this topic a little bit, but did they make shit guitars back then? Or was I feel like every guitar that came out? Oh no, good. Oh, they made shit guitars back then, Skylar. They just didn't. They're just not around anymore. They didn't survive. K and Harmony are the two big ones that I can think of. Like those were the guitars that you would go into like Macy's and buy. I mean, you could buy. Yeah, you could buy guitars from the Sears catalog. You think they yeah. were selling uh, Les Paul gold tops in the Sears catalog? <laughs> Hell no. No, but uh, what I'm saying is, okay, so. K, K so, and Harmony are the two big brands from back then where, like, you know, they cost you, like, 80 bucks in, in that time money. Which probably, probably even less, honestly, in that time money. But, like, yeah, like, it would be... And they, they still... You can still, like, buy them on eBay, and they still don't go for much because they're not good guitars. But, like, that was the equivalent of you getting, like, an Epiphone or a Squire starter pack. Like, I remember I... Um, like, like I, I remember a bunch of people getting starter packs where you get, like, you know, that... Hundred dollar amp, or like that, the hundred dollar guitar, like a fifty dollar amp, and like a strap or something, and you'd have it. Yeah, but yeah, Harmony and K were the were the two big ones. Anyway, all right. Yeah, sorry to <laughs> to diverge from the conversation, but but like, so Matt, you you've also made like significant investment in your in, in this hobby over the past year, most specifically. Like how 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 much has it affected your playing? Oh, tremendously. Uh, so it's it, it's it's difficult for me to to say in a vacuum though that that you know the you know by investing in the gear and 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 by getting new guitars and better guitars and better instruments that has made me better because the reason that I've kind of continued down this path of buying more pedals and getting better guitars um, is that I'm playing more and more with other people and so like I found that you know. Prior to um, kind of having this uh, ongoing, you know, these ongoing jam sessions, um, it similar to what you were saying, there, it's, it was difficult to find like motivation and like inspiration to pick up the guitar and to to want to get better. Um, now that I've been playing with other people um, and kind of you know writing songs and experimenting more with like my own sound, um, I find that you know, by that's, that's pushing me to want to get better. Um, and in doing that, I'm, I'm, you know, looking for sounds and like trying to, trying to find the tone that I want. Um, and in that, you know, journey of, you know, what am I trying to sound like? It's kind of led me to different pieces of gear and, and, and different purchases where it's been like, ah, that, you know, that that's going to help me get closer to the sound in my head. Um, the quest, the quest for tone mountain. Exactly, man. I'm I'm climbing Tone Mountain, you know. One, you're already, uh, at, you're already like a fucking one click one up from, from Tone Mountain, man. You're 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 almost fucking there. It is uh, it, it is sombering to look at my my pedal setup after looking at yours. But well, see here, here here's I, I think it's interesting because I think I I. I I would agree with you to, to some degree that I, I I feel like I'm at a point where I'm set for, for a while. I think kind of how we were talking about for, you know, 
there was a time, Skylar, when your Austin Strat and your little, you know, PV amp, that was, you know, the the pinnacle of you know of gear for for you at that time as a, as a player as a musician whatever um and then as you grew as a musician you realized hey there's other stuff i want to try um and that kind of prompted the next purchase you know the next new piece of gear um i i feel like i've you know i i'm i'm comfortable with my setup in that i'm all of the sounds that i i kind of hear in my head and all of the all of the tones and all of the the melodies that like I want to to come out of the amp, I can pretty much get with my gear. Um, it's now it's a matter of practice and and of of you know using all of these tools that I have and 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 getting better with all of these tools and, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure there will come a time um, when I, I feel that I've grown as a as a player and you know I'm I'm wanting something new. Um, but for the time being, I, I would say that, yes, I'm well situated on tone mountain. Well, so, all right. I want to bring up another thing because you made me think about it. It's finding that whether it's like tones, um, or the instrument that makes you most comfortable or, or, or whatever that level of enjoyment is at some point. The, you need to find different motivations within your hobby that make the hobby rewarding. Because when we when we all first started playing, an Austin Strat was the peak of existence. You know, my Epiphone was the peak of existence. Matt, your Jackson was the peak of existence. Not because the guitars were good, because it didn't matter if the, that the guitars were bad. It mattered that you were learning how to play the guitar, and that was cool. Mm -hmm. Like you were cool for knowing how to play or being on the beginning of the journey of playing guitar. And now you know how to play the guitar. The, the, the three of us in this conversation know how to play the guitar. It's no longer exciting in a vacuum to sit down and like, you know, finger your way through a scale or like practice as I, I think I've talked to both of you guys about it, practice the transition from a major to C major, which is like, the bane of my existence when I was first learning how to play guitar. Like that's not exciting anymore because you can do it. Like yes. you wouldn't want to go back to that. It's now the fact that you need to find other avenues that make this hobby exciting for you, which is buying shit. <laughs> if we're being honest, which it it's true, but like that's what hobbies are there for. One, to give you a thing to pour your attention into, and two, to give you things to invest. Like the fact that if I came up to 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 you skylar on the street <laughs> i'm on the street <laughs> and i gave you like a two thousand dollar guitar whatever one it is in your mind when you picture two thousand dollar guitar i gave it to you that's not as meaningful as if you buy a two thousand dollar guitar right. because you have taken the funds out of your account and put them back into yourself but in a different way and what, for whatever reason you did it, whether it's just like, I wanted a new guitar today, or I wanted, this is the guitar that 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 Slash used, or, or, or this is going to give me the, the tone that I'm looking for. Whatever the reason is, it made that hobby newly exciting to you in some whatever large or small way, and that's going to keep you playing guitar for another X amount of years, maybe. You know, like, you've got to find those things, because we all know let me ask you, I have a question, and then I'm going to ask Kel some questions, because she's been patiently waiting her turn on the mic. Um, 
how many how many songs do you guys know how to play all of <laughs> is it like a lot or is like i it's a it, little it, yeah because my thing is like if, if 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 uh i don't know if if you guys introduce me to a new person and they're like oh you'll play the guitar play me a song i think i would freeze <laughs> i do freeze i i, I yeah. had that before um, you know, Josh, I think there's only one song that I actually know the entire song of. What is and, it? Is it Wonderwall? It's <laughs> it's Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> that is that is the most natural response I can have. Now, Stairway to Heaven coming up so far in both episodes of this podcast. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh my so, god. Yeah, I I would definitely. Oh man, I. I know a few songs from when I played open mic nights, but they're all acoustic. Like, I, if I was holding an electric guitar and someone said, play me a song, fuck, man. Has anybody, has anybody ever come up to you and say, play the hardest solo you know how to do? No, yes. no one's ever said that to me. Someone said that to you? Yeah. Who? <laughs> somebody, like... Name names. You know, it's got to be, like, some somebody in, like, middle school in or high school. So in, so, in college, whenever... So, like, I had my... I, I brought my guitar with me to college. And like no one else in my fraternity played the guitar, like or, or was like even somewhat musical, really. Um, and so like it would, it like pe- they would like sit around like and like stare at me while I played the guitar. Sometimes, um, yeah, I've gotten ridiculous requests like that before. Um, and at that point, it's just like, well, what the fuck do you even do? <laughs> yeah. All right, so let let let's get a rookie's perspective on on this. So, uh, uh, friend friend of the pod, girlfriend of one of the co-hosts, <laughs> Kel- <laughs> you decide on next episode. <laughs> yeah, please be sure to vote in the comments. Uh, Kel Grant has been playing been playing the bass for the past how many four year, four months five months. Um, how has have you been finding excitement out of it? Like, where have you been finding the excitement from? Okay, when I when you first got me the bass, okay, sorry. <laughs> when you first got me the bass, it was really exciting because it was a new instrument, and I had played acoustic guitar and piano when I was younger, but I gave them up in middle school, so I didn't remember a damn thing. And it was exciting, uh, you know, getting set up with you set me up with the amp and the bass and with Fender play lessons, so I actually had some direction there. Yeah. Um, so that was initially exciting. And then after I started going through some of the lessons, I got to a point where, I, I don't know, I guess in my head, I thought that I'd be able to, after like a month of just fiddling on the bass guitar, I'd be able to like jam with you guys. That was not the case. I don't even think if someone said like, do you play bass? I don't know if I would say yes, because if someone handed me a bass and said, play what you know i can play like eight measures of 1612 from wolfpack and maybe a scale yeah so so i've got a question for you kill what why did like what inspired you to, to start playing the bass like what like and and why the bass like what what is the story behind that i actually have to turn that one to joshua well cuz you are Joshua is very into music, obviously, but you know he's the one who introduced this into my life, and I thought it was really cool. But 
I don't think I ever envisioned myself playing the bass. The thing was, I, you know, we entered into quarantine and I was looking, especially after finishing up college, looking for something that I could call my own, like a hobby that I could measure my own progress and, you know, have some personal wins in that category. And, you know, Joshua thought that the next logical step in my quest for finding that personal fulfillment was playing the bass. And I'm actually really glad uh, it ended up being the bass because uh, I find it a lot easier to play the bass guitar than it is to play the actual guitar. Well, there's less so, strings and the frets are bigger, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you say, Kel, would you say that, the, that like, you know, that process of learning to play the bass and just learning to play an instrument in general has brought you that kind of personal fulfillment or? Yes, I think it has. Um, I also think I intimidate myself a little bit because I'm surrounded by musicians. Like you guys are all very talented musicians. And, you know, since Joshua and I moved in together, he, you know, before he used to like fiddle on his instruments every now and then, but now he's playing every single day for a good chunk of time. So I'm constantly surrounded by it. And that's, that gives me a lot of motivation, but it also intimidates me a little bit because I can't help but compare where I'm at to where he's at, which is so unrealistic because I wouldn't even call what I'm doing uh, yet to be music. But <laughs> what sounds, you know, <laughs> but you know, you guys are all seasoned players. Um, so it's a, a little bit intimidating, but I, uh, it's one of those things where I found that I won't always have the motivation to play because I'll psych myself out. So at this stage in my learning, I think it's more about discipline than anything. And so I've, I've had to like tell myself each day, and let's be honest, it's more like every other day or a few times a week. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, but I'll have to be like, okay, you know, just sit down, get through one or two lessons on Fender Play and you'll be good. And usually once I, you know, discipline myself enough to get there, then I'll enjoy playing and I'll continue past the 15 minutes that I've allotted. Um, but it does take some bullying sometimes for me to get on, on the base. That's but interesting. Yeah. I, I, sorry, Scott, go ahead. So what I was going to say is like, what it comes down to it though, like uh, in your guys' opinions, like what, what does it take for you? What did it take for you guys to get um, over that like initial hurdle? Like, I think we all went through a phase where you were trying to play the guitar and your fingers hurt. You couldn't play a C chord. Like you tried playing smoke on the water, but you missed the last note and you couldn't play in time. Like when, how did, like when for you guys and what did it take for you guys to get to a point that you guys started considering yourselves a guitar player and not just somebody learning to play guitar? So I, I never, first off, it took me a very long time to feel comfortable saying that like I was like a guitar player, but I never had that hurdle about like getting too frustrated to not play. So I started learning to play guitar the freshman, the year, the summer before my freshman year of high school. And then to force myself to do it, my freshman year of high school, I took two semesters of guitar classes, first semester and second semester. And I loved playing the guitar so much and like was so brute forcedly determined to do it that I like carried my guitar, which I didn't even have a case for at the time, like on the bus back and forth from school every single day, carried it like around my high school because it didn't fit in my locker. <laughs> like I was going 
to learn to play the guitar because I refused to not know how to play it. And again, like it took me a long time to feel comfortable, probably like four years before I really felt like I was like a guitar player because I wasn't like playing with people. And, you know, that was a big, like, I could play songs, but like I, once I, I remember when Sky and I first started playing together, like he play chords and then like you do something. And I'd be like, fuck, <laughs> like, unless it is, unless it is like the solo to like black dog, I have nothing here. So, um, I didn't go through any mental hurdles with you got to keep playing, but I, I definitely stunted my own growth by not playing with more people. And it took me a long time to be like, I am Josh. I play the guitar. Well, and Matt, how about, how about for you? I, I had, I've had nothing but mental hurdles the entire time. I, uh, my guitar playing, all of Josh's hurdles, I, I, I've had, I, I had them for him. Um, I, Kel, I, I had a when I first started playing the guitar, I was like you. I thought like, great, in like a month, I'm gonna be the greatest guitar player who's ever. <laughs> um, and a month in. I, I think I was worse than when I started, like, because like my <laughs> fingers hurt and like, it was just so, and I, like, I obviously in retrospect, I had such like a naive view of like what learning an instrument was. Um, but it was really frustrating for me. Cause like it, it, I, because I couldn't do what I wanted to do on the guitar. And so I, it, I got frustrated really easily, like early on. And I, um, and I've always hated practicing, um, like when it comes to like the fundamentals of guitar, you know, learning how to like fret chords and, and, and just learning scales and things like that. Um, it's never been enjoyable for me. My um, issue is like once I I'm so undisciplined that even today, like I'll start trying to play scales and then I'll get distracted because I think I reinvented the riff and, <laughs> and then I'm like 10 minutes removed and I was like, what, what did I start doing? What scale led me down this rabbit hole of not unproductive guitar noodling? That's usually where I end up with in my day. So it's, it's funny. You, you say unproductive guitar noodling. So I, I think that there's, so there's, there's two, two, two different moments for me where like, I, I really started to like gain confidence as a player. One um, was in kind of late middle school early high school um i've been playing the guitar for a handful of years or so um and i started getting into the foo fighters um and i'm not sure if you guys have ever tried to learn any foo fighter songs but a lot of them are are, are pretty simple on the guitar none of them Easy. there's no yeah. there's no crazy blistering guitar solos or anything like that um but that was the first time where I was able to play music that like I wanted to listen to, like just, you know, period. Like before that, all the guitars, all the songs that I was learning, I was learning because they were easy songs to learn, um, but not necessarily because they were songs that I wanted to learn. Um, that was the first time for me where I could play music that I wanted to listen to. Um, and that was really like a big moment for me. That was like, wow, I can, I can now I can make sounds to come out of the the amp that I want to hear, which is the first time you can you play something that you actually enjoy like that is like I think just a tremendously satisfying moment. 
Um, and then the second, like the second big moment for me, um, was when I, I first got a, a loop, a, a looper and was able to experiment with like noodling over chord changes. Um, up until that point, I'd, I, I had jammed with other, uh, other musicians and kind of played with you guys a little bit, but I was always, um, kind of what you were saying, Josh, just very, uh, very timid and very like just unsure of what to play and very like not confident on the guitar. Um, and so when I got the looper, I was able to kind of experiment like in my own bedroom and like without any kind of, you know, you know perceived judgment or whatever. Um, and that, that like, you know, because it reduced my like anxiety levels around playing and I was able to just like be comfortable and just play. Um, that opened up so many doors for me, like sonically, because I was able to just like experiment with weird shit. Um, and then, you know, kind of those two things together led to, you know, me playing with more people and, and just having more frequent jam sessions, which is kind of just snowballed onto, you know, my growth as a player. I, I still, to this day, um, like I, I don't practice scales, you know, like I, I'm not, you know, the guy to pick up the guitar and just like drill exercises. Um, but, you know, but like what I what I will do is I'll, 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 I'm constantly noodling around with different melodies and different like little licks and riffs that I, that, you know, either I've written or I've learned or whatever. Um, and in doing that, I'll find new riffs and licks. And, and so it's just kind of that constant exploration of the instrument. Um, and now that is kind of what is giving me fulfillment and, and, you know, driving me to, to want to play more. But speak, speaking to excitement, at like an early stage in, in your learning was like, you know, like you said, you, you, you took lessons at a place like when you were first learning, here's the major, here's a G major scale on the guitar. Like, was that exciting to you? No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Because, uh, hold on, hold on, because so, so, so Cal, you, you are at the stage where like you are supposed to be, learning scales <laughs> like is is that exciting to you absolutely not no it's not because the thing that and, and much like you just said matt the thing that brings me excitement is when like i'll have to go back to the only song that i know uh, 1612 when i play that um with the actual recording and i can keep tempo or i can play it and it's recognizable to the, you know someone just listening in that brings me a lot of excitement because I'm like, oh wow, this is this is actual music. Um, but I will say, going through like the Fender Play lessons, also sponsor us because I've said their name eight million times. Uh, going through those lessons have definitely helped me when trying to learn the songs. Like even if I kind of begrudgingly get through them, because I've noticed that after like three days of lessons on Fender Play, paying, playing sixteen twelve or trying to get through it like a Billy Eilish. Um, baseline becomes a lot easier and it's because my fingers are getting more used to the instrument and i'm learning where the notes are um even if you know the actual sitting down to press play on the the computer to follow along with the lesson is a bit painstaking but how awesome is that feeling once you like you played through the song like 90 percent of like 
you know, what it should sound like. Like how, how did that, like the first time you were able to do that, like what, what was that for you? She was very excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, so I started to record my bass journey and then I got like, I, I ended up putting it up on my, on my, up on my Instagram a few times. And then like, now I'll go back and listen back to that and be like, wow, that was fucking terrible. Like, why did I put that out on the internet? And, um, I guess the other side of that is I'm getting better, which is good. Um, but you know, I, that's so cool. I, I wish I could, I could see, I could like hear myself playing like when I was, you know, first starting out. Cause I feel like that would make me, that would just like give me even more confidence in it. Like, wow. Like I have grown as a player. Cause like, cause like you're saying, like even in like the, has it even been six months? No, no? it has not yet been. Six it hasn't months. even been six months yet. And you're already seeing like, wow, I'm better now than I was before. I'm playing Joe Dart bass lines. <laughs> um, but, but so like, I mean, Josh, when you learned how to play a major scale or did you, was that like satisfying for you? Was that like a, a gratifying moment or was that like a. Oh yeah. No, I genuinely enjoy playing scales. I'm not really? even going to, I'm not even. And the, the, the sad part is I don't even like know a lot of them, but like I genuinely enjoy playing scales. Cause I remember. And, you know, this might... All right, so I have two things that I think led to this enjoyment. Ah, I meant that. Three things that led to this enjoyment of me playing scales. One, it sounds like you're playing guitar. And again, I think when you're first starting out, that's a big part of it. Like, like my 80-year-old great-uncle Jeff, like, will he, he's been learning how to play the guitar for the last two years. It's wonderful. Um, and he said, like, one of his favorite things is just, like, sit there and, like, hit random notes because they sound like he's playing the guitar even if the notes aren't in order and it's like yeah like that's a big part about playing an instrument getting a sound out of the instrument that sounds like that instrument is a big part of it so that was that was one another thing is i remember distinctly in high school when i was trying to get good at playing with the thing that the kids who were really good at playing guitar would do in high school was sweep their way through scales on the guitar did you guys remember was this a thing at del val sweet taking arpeggios Yes, uh, yeah, I can. I can speak to this. Skyler was the guy. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Like, and I wanted to be able to do that, so I would sit in my fucking room and just like try to play these guitar scales as fast as humanly possible. Because they, you went, you know, you went side to side on the neck. It was really cool. You hit big range of notes, and I would just sit there and try to sweep pick it as fast as I could. Yeah, in, in high school, I caught the Ingve Malmsteen bug. As we uh, all did. Actually, uh, no, that was more like middle school. Um, we get it, you're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, actually, I was out of diapers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that, that, I, I think um, all of us go through a stage. Ingve phase. Well, no, a stage of playing where we emphasize uh, different qualities of of a player and um then sometimes it's it's the sound it's the rhythm um the, the timbre of how somebody plays and sometimes it's the technical ability and uh i remember in middle school making <laughs> i tried making the argument to people that ingve malmstein was a better guitar player than Jimi hendrix <laughs> oh <laughs> and oh <laughs> which now looking back is so wrong Oh my god! I want, I want, I want, the, the, the time, technically, it was right. Like, okay, so like, did 
could could Jimi Hendrix do all the sweep picking and all the arpeggios that Ingve Malmsteen did? Well, no. Well, and, but now I realize it's a different time, and and not everybody wants to listen to Ingve Malmsteen's sweep pick up and down the entire neck. And another thing, though, that that, that I think is a very guitar player thing is speed. Yeah, like every single guitar player on the face of the earth tried to learn every song at as fast a rate as you possibly could. Like it didn't matter if you were playing Blackbird or if you were playing uh, Enter Sandman, you were playing all those songs at maximum speed because at some point playing fast was a virtue because you were getting up to the speed of the songs, but then you get wrapped up in whether it, whether it's because of like speed metal that was popular when you were a kid or like whatever. You just like you were pedal to the metal, going two hundred miles an hour for no fucking reason, just trying to play Herman. And- Herman Lee Dragon Force. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god. I remember when that band was everything too. Holy shit. But yeah, it's like that's another thing. Like we all tried to play every song on the face of the earth at like double time. I, I don't know if you guys went through this phase too, but um did you guys ever go through the phase of going on YouTube and typing in something along the lines of fastest guitar solo? <laughs> I did not. Yeah. <laughs> or or or, or like fastest drum uh, solo or something like of course. that because it's what josh said just there was a time when i mean and again we're talking about when we we're teenagers here young teenagers where speed is cool if you could do stuff fast you're cool um <laughs> hey, like you're cool. in general <laughs> pretty cool just in general you know, and, and i think the other thing is that it's it, you know the you know, playing fast on the guitar like that is, is something that even someone who has no idea, nothing knows nothing about music, knows nothing about the guitar, nothing about it is something that is, you know, on the surface level impressive. You know, you can easily impress people. Uh, you know, it's like a party trick kind of thing. Um, whereas um, you know, someone's playing like like David Gilmore's playing. Um, requires you to kind of sit with it for a little bit and kind of and kind of hear how it fits into the song and kind of you know there's there's more layers to it there's depth to that playing it's not flashy and like immediately impressive um to to a you know a non-musician i distinctly remember (laughs) a phase in my guitar playing where I was both trying to play as fast as I could and a huge snob about people who could play faster than me. I distinctly remember there being a point in my guitar playing where it's like, you'd see a guy playing really fast and be like, yeah, but he's not hitting like the right note. He's just playing as many notes as he can. And at the same time, I was sitting there trying to play everything as fast as I could and was really just upset that that other person could play faster than me. <laughs> I, 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 you never uh, you never want to think of yourself as being the, the number two guitar player in the room. Everyone thinks like, Oh, I'm the best. I'm oh, of course, of course. It, like, it, you don't know what I know. <laughs> no, it, it, it's 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 like driving on the road. Like everyone driving faster than you is a lunatic, and everyone driving slower than you is an asshole. <laughs> like like that's that's how I was for like a good like one or two years in like the early like, the first five years of my guitar playing because I was just like <laughs> so I couldn't move my fingers as fast as I physically wanted them to, and everyone who could was wrong. <laughs> I, I think that that's part of, you know, th- that all 
contributes to part of like your growth as a guitar player though because i think we're obviously not in the minority i think I, I bet if you you know plucked you know you know 10 guitar guitar players from around the country um who started when they were you know in their you know teens they also probably went through a similar phase um where you know it's kind of as you get grow as a player the things that are just out of reach are, are what you know you're striving to do and what is impressive to you and and, and there's always that that next thing uh, and just kind of as you grow as a player that that target shifts you know all right i want to i want to rein us back in again <laughs> as we have once again shifted <laughs> very off topic although still a cool conversation um so we we talked a while ago about um or a while ago in the scope of this podcast anyway uh about at what point you hit your limit on what you were getting out of your first guitar. Kel, you are still on your first bass because it has been five months. Real quick, just just for a reference point, what brand is this? Is the bass in question? She's desperately trying to find it on the wall. <laughs> it's a lion. L-Y-O-N, lion. Which is the sub-series of Washburn, uh, for anyone unfamiliar with the uh, the brand, as I was when I bought it. Um, I mean, not George W. Lyon? G.W. Lyon? Uh, it, it was made by George Washington Lyon, <laughs> <laughs> the, the first president and original guitar manufacturer. Um, but... Like, if you, if, if you, and I hope you do, stay with us, Holly, for the next five years, like, there will be another base purchase within the next five years. But for right now, like, how has this base been treating you? Like, do you think you're getting out of it as much as you would hope to get out of it? Yeah, the, the quick answer is yes. However, when we were at Matt's place and I got to fiddle with the base that he has... That's a lot smaller, and it seems like it's more Kel friendly as far as size is concerned. I uh, I know I feel like that might be in my future at some point. Uh, but no, this bass it does what it's supposed to. I mean, you hear me play. I could see that's the thing. Like I don't have a reference point really. Like I hear myself play, and I'm like, oh, that sounds okay. Like that might sound all right. And then I have to look to you for reinforcement. Um, but I think it's doing. I think it's doing okay. Would you agree? Yeah, and that's kind of the point I'm getting at is like, and it's the same thing with Skylar's, um, fucking, what was the brand name again? Austin. Austin. The, uh, Skylar's Austin, Matt and my Epiphones. Like, that's the other thing is like, you don't have a reference point for your own playing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what the record sounds like, but it's obvious you're not going to sound like the record because you are not good enough to sound <laughs> like the record, you know? So, like, the fact that the tone is whatever's coming out is going to be good because, again, it's like, oh man i'm playing the bass like or i'm playing guitar like the tone's secondary to the actual thing of doing it you know it just seems like where i want to be with the bass guitar is just light years away um because i want to be able to jam but i also like you guys can sing and play guitar at the same time i want to be able to do that i know that's probably more challenging with the bass because you usually need the actual melody of the song to be able to, to sing along to something. Uh, well, I, if, if, if Tina Wymouth can do it, man, there's no reason you can't, too. Getty Lee. Getty Lee. Yes, people. <laughs> these people. That is the, the bassist and then front woman of um, Talking Heads and Tom Tom Club, Getty Lee from uh, Rush. Alright, so here's my uh, other question for you guys. How much does music influence 
or music reference, I guess, influence your playing? Because for me, you know, I, I told you guys um, the other day, like I grew up on country music. I just recently, because I started playing the bass or learning the bass, uh, I've been able to recognize bass lines in songs. But up until this point, I really wasn't able to even pick it out uh, when a song was playing. Um, and Joshua kind of ha- had to help kind of train my ear to be able to to pick that out. But I don't have like reference points from famous bands or uh, famous songs. Like I am now just getting into Wolfpack, but that's not like looking up to someone like Jimi Hendrix or the Rolling Stones or, or people like that. So that's, that's something that I really took for granted growing up because I grew up around a lot of people who listened to all that same type of music um, and took for granted that not everybody started off listening to that. And, and I'm fortunate that my parents, my parents did. And, and that really is what inspired me to start learning in the first place. So the reference of like what was possible, like, I don't like, and, and for particular here, like in a guitar sense, like growing up in like classic rock music, and definitely this applies to any other type of instrument, depending on what type of genre you're brought up on. But um, but that's really what drove my desire to learn guitar and not just learn it, but explore it to find out like what else is possible. If these people figured out and paved a way of like, this is what you could do and make a once acoustic instrument now scream and sound like this, like what else can be done? And um, And that's kind of what, drove my curiosity so i think music reference um i know josh you listen to some different music i mean we were currently than than i do and that kind of drives your style yourself stylistically um i think that that uh influences all just a little bit for sure i I'll, i'll get to myself later but this is definitely a matt question for sure talking about musical influence so matt so, <laughs> so again, Kel, when I first started playing the guitar, I was totally convinced that I was going to be the next Jimmy Page. Um, and and like and you are. So, <laughs> um, like honestly, from from such a young age, I remember being two, three years old. Um, running around my house with uh, a sony cd player and my dad's uh led zeppelin discography um and that was for the first you know five years of me like listening to music that was what i listened to um two years old wow (laughs) i don't have any memories from before i was like seven (laughs) really yeah no i i i i distinctly remember you know like just constantly listening to Led Zeppelin. Um, And, and like, there are so many cool guitar parts um, in so many different, you know, Led Zeppelin songs that like it from an early age, I've always had like an appreciation for like cool sounding guitar parts. Um, And so that was like the initial catalyst for me wanting to, wanting to learn the guitar. Um, And then kind of, through that i've i've always gravitated towards music that or i've tended to gravitate towards music that has interesting guitar parts 
Um, and you know, whether that be rock music or pop music or, you know, R and B, whatever it is, um, I've kind from an early age, I developed that ear for like interesting melodies. And like, I've just kind of let that guide me in my, you know, what I listen to. Um, and then that in turn influences how I play. And it's just kind of been this like wonderful, you know, cycle of, you know, hearing cool stuff and then that influencing me to play cool stuff which then influences me to seek out more cool stuff to listen to and you know so on and so forth it's definitely uh sounds like it, it has influenced you heavily can you even imagine a world where you didn't have guitar in your life absolutely not it's uh, absolutely not i it's because for at least for me personally the guitar is 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 <clears throat> so much more than just like a hobby it's um it's an outlet for me like i find that like when i'm like really worked up or like really stressed about something or um you know just have a lot on my mind whatever it's it just it's always it's always been there and it's always been this constant in my life where you know i could always play music you know whether um you know if there's if my friends are busy or I can't hang out with them or, or, or whatever, or I, I just don't feel like going out or whatever. I've always, always had music, um, both in terms of, you know, being able to listen to music that I, I feel like I connect with and that, that resonates with me and also being able to play music um, and express myself through music. Um, and so to imagine what I would be like or what my life would be like without music is like, you know, trying to you know imagine what life would be like without my left leg like <laughs> and just... i th i think i think that ties pretty well to 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 bring it back to to gear and the the financial stakes of reinforcing your hobbies and like you know investing in yourself like having music and we you know we or at least we've been centering it around music because we all play music but like having that outlet, there's no, there's nothing like, like when w Matt, when you told me you bought like a, 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 whatever, how much money that, that, that strat cost, like none of us reacted like, why would you spend <laughs> that much money on two pieces of wood and some wires? <laughs> like, yeah. no, because we all understand that, th 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 that hobbies and especially music, as you see with how much it's withstood the test of time um, in the music that we listen to and how much it has cultural implications for, uh, let's see, literally everyone in the world historically. Um, being able to invest in that and maintain it and continuously find excitement in it and maintain it via giving yourself new avenues to explore it is really so valuable that spending like you know i spent about a uh, 1500 bucks on on a new setup in like a weekend you know because my i bought that new guitar and then my old amp died and i was like well fuck let's get a fucking cab and a head and let's just go for it and i didn't feel bad about it at all because like yeah 1500 dollars is a lot of money <laughs> like it is in a vacuum in general it's a lot of money but at the same time it's like this is this has a lot of intrinsic value. This has this is something I've devoted a lot of time to. Something you know, this is something that has a lot of meaning that I I want to continue doing for as long as possible. Like that's that's one of the main values of having a hobby as in 
built into your personality or as much as you can put into it as music is, as, as, as the guitar is, as bass is. I'm definitely excited to get to the point where this isn't just um, learning bass for me anymore, where it does turn into a passion or that outlet, like you were saying, Matt, because right now I still think I'm at that stage where it's, it's almost a little bit of a, I have to talk myself into it. Sometimes it's a bit of a chore to pick up the bass and to sit down and learn. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that with a few more months of practice or, or something that it'll start to kind of transform into an experience that I look forward to and not necessarily one that intimidates me. Yeah, you'll be the next Chris Squire in no time. <laughs> so, so Kel, what I would say to you um, is, like, obviously from... From your perspective, looking at like someone who like knows how to play the bass or knows how to play the guitar, it's easy to say like, ah, well, like, man, I just wish I could play the guitar, and like that looks like so much more. Um, and there are aspects of it that I would argue are more fulfilling. Um, the piece, though, that I think um, you know, like a lot of beginner musicians just in general take for granted, is just that. You know, any any new little thing that you learn is is a new thing that you learned, and and is an accomplishment, and is like a you know a clear, concise like, hey, today I can play this. Yesterday I couldn't play that before. Um, you know, and and just you know remind keep you know remind yourself that like, hey, you know, each of these little steps is like you know adding towards you know the the big journey of learning how to play the instrument it's it's been a long time since i've had that kind of feeling of like wow i can play this thing today that like i couldn't play yesterday you know what i mean that that kind of real concrete satisfaction of hey i am better than i was yesterday yeah and i think keeping track of my progress via you know these little silly instagram videos or what have you um is going to be a good way of reminding myself when i forget that i've come you know, really far, even within the the past few weeks or months that I've been playing. So I'm definitely excited to see Joshua. Stop it! He's sorry. He was hitting me in the face with the mic. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely excited to see where it goes. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually really inspiring to see you guys be so dedicated to it. Even you know, you guys have have done the hard work already. Um, you've gotten over the hurdles and and the humps. And have gotten to the part where it's like it's it's super enjoyable, and it's you guys can all jam together, and it's a way that you can bond, and it's uh, it's something to aspire to from my end. Yeah, and I I love the idea that you're keeping track that you're like making those videos because, like I, I like I said, I wish I wish I had a video of me like the first you know year that I was playing. Um, one because I'm sure I look like a dork. Um, and, uh, and two, I just think it would be really cool to see, see the progress, you know, and, and I, I 100% think it's a great idea. You should definitely keep that up because, you know, in, you know, six months from now or five months from now, when you've had, when you've doubled the amount of time that you've been playing the instrument, you'll look back at, you know, a video from now and go, wow, I, I've gotten so much better. I want to. I wanted to to move on to a kind of a conclusionary topic, but I want to make sure. Does anyone else have anything to say about like the financial investment um, 
into into this hobby. No. Well, just, well so real quick, I think it's Scala not going to be inching the mic towards his mouth like he's going to say something and then just keeps not saying it, so I keep confused. All right, Matt, sorry, keep going. So so I think it's easy to especially based on kind of how we've been talking, I think it's it would be easy to come to the conclusion of like, oh, if you feel stuck, just buy more gear. <laughs> um, and like, I think it's, it's easy to convince yourself that like, oh, I don't sound the way I want to sound or I, I'm, I'm not as good as I want to be because I don't have X. I don't have, I don't have, you know, the same guitar as so-and-so or, or I don't have the pedals to make the sound. Um, while I think there is some truth to that, um, I think, you know, the the guitar, the amp, the pedals, all that stuff, uh, I, I kind of said it before, they're all tools in your tool belt. You got to have the skills to use the tools. Um, so, you know, if like if you're a, a, a garbage carpenter and you just go out and buy a bunch of, you know, top of the line tools, you're still a garbage carpenter. You just have good tools, <laughs> you know. Right. And, and kind of how I... I, I kind of see it as like it's almost like getting like a, a new computer or like a new like gaming system if you're into gaming as your hobby. Um, there's an infinite amount of games that you can play, right? But in order to like sometimes get to that next step and that next like the next generation, you need to upgrade eventually, and then that opens up your door to many different other uh, experiences and. I think that in some ways you can make the parallel to guitar where some people are able to just spend their entire uh, career playing guitar, just having one acoustic guitar and just always be playing just the same acoustic guitar, just really honing their skills. And that's, that's fine. That's great. Um, but for a lot of people to maintain that interest, they need to get that next gaming system and they need to reinvest to get something a little bit more, um, and I think that that's kind of like the equivalent of what we're doing here is to keep ourselves interested, um, even though, of course, the playing comes first. We all realize that, but we want to keep ourselves playing. So we don't want to burn ourselves out um, by just having the same old gear, especially if we have the ability to to move forward. Something new. This is something we can literally talk about for fucking ever. Um, we talk about it like every oh, time we, we yeah, hang out. every single time. Like, like I mean, and, and speaking of like old gear, we could talk about because you just said your old shit, but at the same time, it's like, well, what kind of old shit? Because if you have like <laughs> six right two strat, like, <laughs> but again, whole another conversation. <laughs> um, uh, so I wanna I wanna close out on one final discussion point around um, what we listen to because I think this is another big point that I've been trying to focus on a lot recently myself. Which Gosh, you is, think this is going to close us out? I, <laughs> I do. I, I have faith that it will. Um, because, like, I, I, I'm, Matt, I'm going to get to you in a minute, because I know you're, I think you're kind of the odd man out here. But, like, Skylar, <laughs> I don't listen to the same music I did when I first started playing guitar heavily. And it's not that I like stopped listening to it or I dislike any of what I used to listen to. Cause I still like all that music. Like David Bowie 
whose vinyl is sitting next to me, is still one of my favorite musicians and has been like since I was a kid. Same thing with like Prince. But the music I listen to on a more regular basis isn't strictly as much like classic rock, um, even though I really wouldn't put Prince in that category. But regardless, like, and those changes in what I'm listening to has been an inspiration point for me for what I play. Because like we talked about briefly earlier, I think Kel brought it up, like you are inspired to play what you hear. And as my tastes have changed in terms of what I listen to, again, most regularly, not what I've liked and disliked, has uh, wh- when that has changed, what I'm trying to get out of my little practice sessions has changed. And even though, you know, I'm playing for the most part, a lot of the same chords as I used to, because for the most part, most music you listen to consists of major, minor, and seventh chords. The way I'm playing them is different because the type of music I'm playing is different. And that those distinctions and differences has been a point for me of growth potential and increased level of interest and engagement um, with what I'm trying to play. So one, two-parted here, Sky. One, has that been true for you also? And two, what have you been listening to recently that you've, if that is true, what have you been listening to recently that you've been able to get that kind of out of? Right. Um, so one, <laughs> uh, two-parter. Uh, it's, it's definitely like all of our uh, practice and, and the skills that we have accrued over this time of playing puts together a musical toolbox that we're able to draw from whenever we feel inspired to um, play something new or, or practice something else uh, that we normally don't, don't, don't practice. And that musical toolbox does come up in many different types of music in a slightly different way. So like you're saying, most uh, modern music uses just major, minor, and seventh chords. But there is always something else that you could practice, even if you have the same uh, three notes, right? Your same triads that you are to make the um, your chords. So like, for example, like the... Uh, syncopation any type of uh, tempo or rhythmic differences of how you're playing like if you're playing like a seventh chord like jimmy page you're probably having like more of a blues style but if you play like a seventh chord like listening to like wolfpeck or some type of funk band you're probably gonna have a, quite a bit of a, a different strumming pattern so definitely what music you're listening to even though you're not necessarily practicing something on paper that's new uh can definitely grow your playing into seeing what's possible with the same uh same notes um and second part what am i listening to now um it really um really depends on the day but i I think that currently i'm doing pretty deep dive into pink floyd as been inspired by that uh been a huge David Gilmore kick, but aside f- from that, I've been listening to really just uh, just some some more modern like indie type songwriting music. Um, not so much guitar music, but um, I guess something a little bit more poppy. Like I've been, I, I don't know. One, one musician I've been listening to a lot is Gus Dapperton, um, and Rex Orange County. Right on. Which, uh, before we move on to Matt, which uh, which Pink Floyd album has been getting the most attention from you recently? Um, and why is it Animals? 
it's actually it's actually not animals. Um, it should be animals. It, it should be animals. It's my favorite some, album. Some say. I'm not sure if I'm on board with that. That's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> though. Um, less so albums, more so David Gilmore. All right, um, fair so, enough. So I've been I've been dopping between the wall, uh, dark side, and wish you were here. So every big album, but animals. Uh, this as an animals stand is slander. <laughs> even even back to metal. Oh. No, Animals has been getting uh, quite little attention. I've been listening to a lot of Piper at the Gates of Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Excellent answer. Matt, same points to you. And I know where this is going already. So I, I know you think you know, but you don't know. Um, so, 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 I mean, obviously, like the. I always. Whenever I'm asked the question of like, you know, like what, you know, like what are your influences? Like what, you know, what kind of music like do you listen to? My like knee jerk reaction is classic rock, Led Zeppelin. I want to be Jimmy Page. End of story. We're done with the podcast. Um, But um, I've that was like the first music that I listened to. And like, obviously, that's like so that's in the music that I've listened to for the, the longest um but kind of like the the genre that like really that i found that like i that i resonated with that like i found on like my own accord that it wasn't like given to me like you know like by my dad giving me the led zeppelin cds um was uh that kind of like like pop punk emo sound um like real real like bright twinkly guitars uh you're talking like, like my chemical romance like where are we at? Uh, at? So I mean, that's kind of how I got into it. Was the you know My Chemical Romance, uh, uh, Jimmy World, um, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, those kinds of bands, um, and then kind of as I further explored the genre, um, I got more into kind of like uh, like you know smaller indie bands, uh, partially through um, you know my my friends in college. Um, but that, that like really bright, you know, twinkly, uh, guitar sound has always been, um, I've always really, really liked that. Um, and, and so like that kind of coupled with like, like classic rock roots has kind of both blended together to kind of make what like was like my foundation on the guitar um in more recent times um i've kind of jumped on board the uh the kind of you know more jam band scene kind of stuff like kind of just groovier like just jams um and kind of you know those three those are like my three big uh, you know, distinct influences that like I pull from, you know, when, when I'm trying to, when I'm playing the guitar, when I'm, you know, either writing something or when I'm, uh, playing with people, like those are kinds of, you know, where I pull from. And I think, um, you know, a combination of the, uh, you know, more syncopated rhythms from like the funkier stuff that I've been listening to the, you know, brighter, almost uh 
almost harsh, you know, like tone from like that kind of like emo rock um, with a lot of like the blues rock, like riffs and licks that like I learned growing up. Those three things I've kind of like tried to meld together into, you know, my sound. All right. All right. I would say for myself, I, I grew up in the, in my guitar years a lot of classic rock, a lot of ACDC and Pink Floyd um, and Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix, even though I could never play Hendrix. Like, I could play those other bands' songs in enough of a way that you would understand that's what was happening. I, c- I still can't play Hendrix right. Like, I still can't combine the rhythm and lead in as seamless and forceful way that he did like i i don't even try anymore because it's i'm just going to be mad um but i would say because like you know and i i think you guys would would probably be on the same page with me about this you we probably all first listened to music or got inspired to play the guitar from music that heavily featured the guitar and then learned those songs because they heavily featured the instrument you were trying to play and you were trying to play it because you thought it was cool so like all those classic rock like classic rock as a genre is built a lot around the solo you know and like that's what drew a lot of my like i knew how to play there was a point in my guitar playing i knew how to play way more solos than i did actual songs you know because like that's what i wanted to hear that's what i wanted to get for myself uh today i've been listening to a lot more um funk and pop and like r&b and soul stuff because i found all the sophistication of the chords i'd want out of jazz which i still really like jazz i just played some of my dave brubeck white man jazz the other day and i've really been been digging uh getting more into like miles davis and and, and that whole sphere but like getting to listen to more soul and gospel um and funk music has really given me a better concept of tougher technical playing that might not be as heavily featured but has given me a better gratification in terms of both my left hand and my right hand what style of martin davis are you on what what, what point in his career are you listening to a lot of weather report Okay, if we're being honest here, a lot, I wanted to, you know, I I want to sit here and, and say it's you know it's so what it's not it's a lot of weather report. Could I, could I wrap this up on a recommendation? Absolutely, you can. Miles Davis Agharta. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's uh, yes, that is the album's guy. Yep. Yeah. Well, how do you say it, Agharta? Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think so, he's yeah, not yeah. as, as matterized as the cat. Yeah, um, yeah. I found that from Corey's dad's. <laughs> Uh, music collection and and I, I was been hooked on that. So how about you, Matt? What have you uh, give, end it on a recommendation? Give me a recommendation. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that went well. <laughs> Actually, well, so you know what? I will I will leave you with um, a recommendation uh, from a, a kind of an emo rock band. Um, what the hell's the name of the album? Uh, the, the name of the artist is Into It, Over It. Um, the album is Intersections. All right. I 
Can you can you go, <laughs> go find the Soul Stirrers album? Because I forget what it's called. I think it's like Divine Love. But yeah, Soul Stirrers. Check the other pile. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been listening to a lot of vinyl recently, um, and I'm a I'm a big fan of Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers. I right, Cal, check the check the left pile. <laughs> I was clearly wrong, and um, I found a, an album I didn't. I've never I'd never heard it before from uh, the Soul Stirrers before Sam Cooke had joined the group, um, and I want to say it's called Divine Love, but currently we are woefully incapable of finding it here. But I'm going to recommend uh, it's not one of these. <laughs> It's not on the floor either. It has disappeared into the into the fifth dimension of existence. You heard it here, folks. Josh Tracy's uh, album of the week is that Solsters album without the, Sam Cooke. I'm going to go with Divine Love. This is the David Bowie album. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of vinyl floating around in the ether, but anyway, it'll come to you. It'll come to me one day. Yeah, that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna say it's Divine Love by the Soul by the original Solsters. Uh, sure. Super fun album. Super fun. Anyway, uh, Kel, any closing thoughts? Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Uh, anybody else have anything left to say before we kind of wrap it up? Nope. I take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll go fuck myself. Uh. Kel and Sky, thanks so much for joining in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, even though I live here. <laughs> you do live here. Um, fuck. <laughs> I disoriented myself. So. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at YCBSPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do the same. YCBSPod at gmail.com. Uh, this... This was a great conversation. Uh, fun. Uh, yeah, no, this is this has been a lot of fun. This was this was really good. I'm glad we did this. Thanks for listening. Until next Friday, y'all be good. Thanks for listening. Until the next time.